Hey everybody, welcome back. It's Barbara Gian at barbaragian.com. I hope you guys are doing great. If you're new, I am so happy that you have found us and that you're here. And if you've been around for a while, I am so grateful for you. Whether you've been here or you're just joining us now, I want to remind you to subscribe to the show, which means you just press that little plus sign and then rate and review if the show is something that you are enjoying. Also, I want to say thank you to our sponsor. This show is brought to you by the 52-week devotional that yours truly just recently launched. It is called Always Faithful, and it is one for men, one for women. Um, this is a journal and a prayer devotion that uh, will guide you through the rest of the year. And it's something that I get into every day and every week to just set the tone, to get more familiar with God's word and just use that as my strength and my shield to make it through each day. It makes a really great gift. I know a lot of people are buying it for others. You can find the link for that in the show notes. It is on Amazon and grab yours today. Okay, guys. Well, this topic, waiting on God, it applies to all of us because at one point or another during our life and for the rest of our life, we find ourselves in these times and seasons of waiting and God, God knows how much I love him, but man, he'd be making us wait sometimes on some things. But here's what I found. I found out that the Bible contains over 7,000 promises by God. And that is so comforting to me because I know that whatever he has said, whatever promise he has made to you and me, those promises are for every single one of us, that they are going to come to be. He does not break his promises he, and he is always faithful. So maybe you find yourself in a season of waiting for something. Maybe you've been in this place for a long time and you're not seeing any change and you're just tired and you're tired of praying for something that isn't showing up. And now you're in a place of discouragement. You're starting to lose hope in whatever that thing is. And you wonder if it's even worth your time and energy anymore to just keep praying for it because you're just not seeing it. And I get it. I have been here many times. I completely understand what you feel like. And I want to encourage you today to just hang in there, to be strong, to keep working, to keep going. And most of all, keep praying. Because the thing that we all have to remember is that God is a good God. His timing is always perfect. And he knows way better than any of us ever will. And he's working all things for the good of those who love him, which is me and you. And get ready, because I'm about to read you, I don't know how many different verses here or scripture pieces about what the Bible has to say on trusting God and waiting on him. So let me start with Psalm 27, 13. It says this, I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. I especially love that one because it says, I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. That means I will see it in my lifetime. I, not everything has to be eternally um, centered. Where we're here living life on this earth now. And so Psalm 27, 13 um, is really encouraging for me. Next one, Micah 7, 7. But as for me, I watch and hope for the Lord. I wait for God, my Savior. My God will hear me. He definitely hears us. Matthew 6, 33. 
but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Psalms 130 verse 5. I wait for the Lord, my whole being waits, and in his word I put my hope. And that one I love where it says my whole being waits because every part of us is affected when we're in these seasons of wait and want, right? It's our minds are affected. Our emotions are affected. We're just impacted in so many different ways. But if we wait for the Lord with our whole being and put our word or put our trust in his word and put our hope there, he'll see us through. Isaiah 30 verse 18 Yet the Lord longs to be gracious to you. Therefore, he will rise up to show you compassion. For the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are all who wait for him. So whenever we're tempted to to be impatient or to give up, um, we can't. Because blessed are all who wait for him. A couple more. Psalms 119, 105. Your word is a lamp for my feet a light on my path. And whenever I'm facing times of confusion or discouragement because I don't know what to do next or I don't know what I'm supposed to do, I refer back to this verse. Your word is a lamp for my feet, a light on my path. God doesn't want us to be confused. He, he, he is not a God of confusion. Um, his word is the thing that will guide us. And the last one, Ephesians 3.20, one of my very favorites. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. And I just love that because he has things that we can't even imagine waiting for us on the other side of this angst and anxiety and fear and worry. And it's according to his power, not ours, but his power is in us. And so you can take comfort in just knowing that. So when I think back on my life and all the times that I felt desperate for this or that, whatever it was, um, I see how God responded to me and answered me, maybe not the way that I imagined or hoped for even, but still he answered me in his way and he showed me faithfulness. I One of the most recent things I remember is going through the 2020-2021 school year And I was teaching 10th grade English and I loved my students, Um, but I wanted out of teaching so, so bad. I mean, it was to the point, and I've shared this before, that I pretty much silent cried every morning as I got ready. I just, I had to force myself to make it another day. And I couldn't even, at the time, I couldn't even explain why it felt so bad because it was a pretty easy job. I didn't have anybody watching over me. I didn't have any coworkers to be around um, that bothered me or, or made it difficult for me. I just felt something deep, deep in my spirit happening that made me feel desperate to be finished with it. Like I just, I couldn't do it. It was just awful. And I went the entire school year praying that God would just give me a sign. I, I was looking for signs everywhere. Um, and I was looking into things more carefully just hoping to see or or learn of something um, that would show me or give me the permission to leave my career and do something else, whatever God had, had planned for me. And the only thing that I knew I wanted to do for sure was that I wanted to encourage and inspire people. But I really didn't know how I would even do that. And then 
two weeks before the end of the school year, something happened. I was called into an unexpected meeting with my vice principal, and I had worked really closely with him that year. He did all my observations and evaluations, and he called me into his office, and I walked in, and he closed the door behind him, and he was visibly upset. His head was down. He, you can just see it all over him. He was upset. And we sit down, and he begins to explain to me that even though I had excellent evaluations all year, uh, the district was not going to be renewing my contract. And he had no idea why. He even called HR to find out why, because there was still a, a need for that position. And my evaluations, again, were great. Um, and they wouldn't give him um, an answer. But I knew. I knew why. Earlier that year, I had to write a formal complaint against our new school principal for unprofessional behavior toward me. And I knew that this was his retaliation against me because as a principal, he had the power to release me because I wasn't tenured yet. I was going to be the first day of my third year there, which I was in my second year. So I just barely missed that mark. But I was elated. I really, really felt that this was God saying to me, gone girl, fly like an eagle. Like I was set free and I was so, so unbelievably happy and grateful. And I took it as a sign, like a sure sign. And I even felt like I had to console my, my vice principal because he felt so awful about the whole thing. But here we are two years later and I'm doing what I feel called to do. I get to use my words and my voice to encourage others. So I do that in several ways, but I really feel so free and filled with peace. Um, but there is a catch. I mean, when I left teaching, I had to, or I didn't have to, I left behind a steady and stable salary. And even though we all know teachers do not make as much as they should, it was still substantial. And I left a retirement package behind and, and that's been a sacrifice. And it's something that I'm still, I have to figure out um, every day as I'm growing my own business and um, brand today. And it's probably one of the things that I pray the most about. But again, I have such peace and gratitude for the ability to do meaningful work that I know is making a difference and I know is meant for me. I, I finally came to realize that this is my calling, everything that I'm doing now. And so I'm just, I have no regrets whatsoever, but it does come at somewhat of a cost, at least temporarily. And then I can look back when my firstborn was um, younger and I just was having so much trouble with her during her teen years. And, you know, we got through it and it wasn't all entirely that she was just a, a tough kid. It was partially us being young and immature and still learning how to raise a child to begin with. But I can see today how God really, really used that time to shape and form not only her, but us as parents, um, into who we are today. And I can, my girl is, I'm just so proud of her because I'm so proud of who she is at her core. She's so loving and kind and thoughtful. And I just, I think God is um, 
he's just alive in her. And it's just so amazing to see. She loves God, which that's everything for me. That's all I could ever ask for is that she knows and loves and serves God. And so I'm just really grateful for how things have turned out. But then I also, I mean, there's so many, so many times in my life and yours where you, we can see God's faithfulness. We can think of a hard time um, that we had to go through, but then, you know, you see how he also got you through that, carried you through and how things are so different now than those times, right? Um, during my marriage or earlier years of my marriage, God, there were, there were just too many times to count when I would just beg and cry out to God for him to intervene and change the way things were. And although here we are today, totally imperfect, but it's like a different lifetime ago, right? Um, again, we were young, so just so much that we still had to learn and grow into. But today, it's like, I can't even imagine, like, we're just at such a place of peace and love and different level of respect and um, relationship. And so I see how God brought us through and brought us to where we are right now today in our relationship and our marriage. And I'm just like, so grateful. So we just sometimes have to look back at how many times God has shown his faithfulness. But more than anything, we need to look at his word and his promises because, again, he's always faithful. Which, speaking of always faithful, that's the name of my new devotional. I included a section every week in there for declarations because I think that it is so important for us to claim the power and truth of God's word and when we can get really rooted in it, it just helps in a huge way. So for those of you who don't know what a declaration is or how to practice it, it's really simple. You take a verse that you like and you slightly reword it if necessary, because sometimes you can use a verse just as it is. Let me give you an example. Jeremiah 29 11 says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you plans to give you hope and a future. So a declaration for that one would be, God's plan for me is to prosper me and give me hope and a future. You're just taking it and claiming it. You're making it your own. And if you make a habit of getting into God's word and studying it and then turning scripture into powerful declarations, you will be strengthened and comforted and blessed. And what more could we ask for, right? That's all any of us want. So whatever it is, whatever it is that you're going through at this time, whatever you're waiting on God for, here's what you need to do. I'm going to give you four things. Number one, look back on your life and see all the ways that God has brought you through difficult times. Just acknowledge them. Number two, look to his word and his promises to be encouraged by his truth. That is the source, the Bible of all truth. Number three, begin making bold declarations based on his word. Those declarations are power. Trust me when I tell you, they are so empowering. And lastly, number four, keep going. Keep your eyes and your heart fixed on God and keep going. I want to share two verses with you uh, that I always turn to when I start feeling 
discouraged and like giving up. The first one is Galatians 6, 9, which says, Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. And Isaiah 26, 3, which says, You will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. And you know what else I found is helpful to me is when I'm praying, I tell God now, I trust you. I have to actually say those words. And and something happens on the inside when I say that. Because when I say that, it's like, oh, okay, now I really have to show that I trust God. I just told him. I trusted him. And um, it's really important that we believe in whatever we say. So I want to leave you with that. I hope it was helpful to somebody. I know it's been for me. And... That is it. So until we meet again soon, very soon, you all be a blessing and be blessed.